everybody, and welcome to Unaired, the show where we take TV shows canceled with episodes left unaired, review them, and then pitch our ideas for how we think they could have continued. I'm Ed, and back again from Best Darn Diddly, it's Miles. Hey, thanks for having me, Ed. I'm really excited to be here today. Of course, it's always good to have you. And uh, like last time, last time we covered the Clerks live action series. Yeah, we sure did. A show based on a beloved 90s comedy. <laughs> Now we're covering a similar vein. We're covering Bill and Ted, the live action series. Yeah, that's a thing. If you didn't know, I didn't, but it is. It's a thing. Yeah, um, wasn't a thing for long. So it, <laughs> <laughs> true. It aired on Fox from June 28th to August 8th, 1992. It only aired seven episodes and had an unaired pilot. So on a technicality, this show got in. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And, and but like this one's weird cuz the unaired pilot is a one or I'm sorry, it's a two-part episode, but there's only one part available. Like there I don't they don't even know like on, I was reading like it's a mystery to know if like the second part was even shot or produced or like where they got to with it. Maybe someone got into a phone booth with it. <laughs> went back in time and threw it in the garbage. <laughs> I like the way you think, yeah. They they attached a noir comic book to it and just ended up in a whole new world. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's get into this show. It has a very... It feels like a Power Rangers opening like intro. Yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I did not make that connection while I was watching it, but it's like the same voiceover. It's like the same like campy screenshots from various episodes which again they only have seven of uh technically eight but like it's it's very very 90s yeah we get uh rufus uh with his narration saying that it's 2692 and bill and ted kind of lead the way for a most excellent future you know the same kind of plot points that they hit in the first film and he explains that he needs to go back, give them the time machine, and keep them on track so that they can, you know, continue to build this most excellent society. But dude, like, already we're hitting on what might be the greatest flaw of this crossover, and that is that they're trying to replace George Carlin as Rufus. And how do you fill George Carlin's shoes? I don't know if it's possible. Rick Overton tried his best. It didn't work. You do got to commend the guy, though. He did. You're right. He did try his best. For Bill and Ted, that's not the hardest role to nail. These kids did an okay job with it. They just had to do like a like valley impression, though. Like, I mean, yeah, doing a Bill and Ted impression isn't necessarily the most difficult thing. I mean, everybody makes fun of Keanu. Whoa. Um, But uh <laughs> Yeah, like, the Bill and Ted characters are honestly fine. Like, I, I didn't really have issue with them. Uh, but, like, Rufus, to me, was the biggest, like, just issue in general in terms of, of casting. And again, this dude did a fine job. He, he did the best he could with the material he was given. Because we haven't even talked about how bad the writing is on this show yet. But uh, he, he did his best with this character, but, I mean, when you have somebody like the the great George Carlin, I mean, like, that dude, again, it's going to be hard to match his style, his energy, and just, like, what he brought to that role. 
Yeah, especially on a TV budget. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, these two actors, though, it is a very grainy uh, kind of rip of this TV show. That's usually the case with stuff from the 90s and beyond. Well, beyond backwards. <laughs> but if you, you know, if you squint, it kind of does. They, they got the casting right looks wise. Well, especially when you're watching it on a like very obviously uploaded from VHS recordings on YouTube, which is how I enjoyed this fine program. <laughs> like, yeah, like if I were watching from far enough away or like had been drinking, like I'd probably like, oh, man, Keanu really let himself go. <laughs> what happened in those four years? <laughs> <laughs> now, you did something. I didn't advise towards. I also didn't no. advise against. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a masochist, sir. It is what it is. Yeah, you watched the entirety of what was available. <laughs> I did. I, and everything is available, actually. It's uploaded on YouTube. It's grainy VHS quality upload. It takes about six hours in its entirety because you get to watch the unaired pilot. And then you get to watch all seven official episodes. And, man... The saddest part of the whole thing is I think that the pilot episode actually was one of the more interesting episodes. And like I said, it it does the thing where it has a cliffhanger ending where you're very clearly supposed to come back for a part two. But then, like, they just changed directions and decided, like, eh, we don't really like that. So they went another way. And with the exception of just a couple of episodes, it was mostly just really bad. Like, I'll say out of the the seven official episodes I watched, I really enjoyed the one where they go and bring Elvis back and Elvis ends up losing in an Elvis impersonation contest. And like the whole point was they were trying to like help Elvis gain his confidence and uh, <laughs> they, they end up hurting it more than anything. And then my favorite episode by far was actually the last episode of the series. And that's where they're trying to, I, I don't remember exactly what the setup is, something stupid, I'm sure. But they go back in time and they find Albert Einstein and they accidentally put Albert Einstein on a path as a stand-up comedian instead of a world-renowned physicist. That sounds like the best. Okay, I, I usually don't do this, but I think I need to go back and watch this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that one's worth watching, honestly. It really is. Now, again, the rest of the show is pretty solidly bad and just not not entertaining is the problem. I mean, I think that they had a very, I don't know, it, it wasn't great writing and they're trying to deal with one of the hardest things that writers have to deal with, which is time travel in general. A lot of times that can put you into a lot of weird corners, but man, they just took like, something that was so fun and energetic and interesting in the Bill and Ted movies. And I'm a fan of, of both movies, like even Bogus Journey, I actually might arguably like more than Excellent Adventure, if I'm being honest. Um, I know that one uh, didn't do as well critically, but man, I really love seeing Bill and Ted playing the Grim Reaper in a game of Twister for their souls. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't want to watch that? But they took these like pretty fun characters and this fun environment and they just made it boring for the most part i mean like there's an episode where they're trying to get girlfriends and it is like one of the most just hard to watch things ever that does sound like a very just lackluster boring episode 
It is. And, and most of it is them sitting around a mall listening to their girlfriends talk about stuff that they're not interested in. And spoiler alert, they end up discovering that, man, they're like good buddies and they enjoy spending time with each other. And it's it's like a, every uh, that's the other thing, too. Every ending of the episode is just so quick and sudden. It's just like even like, you know, I do the, the Simpsons review uh, and we talk a lot about how they do a quick reset at the end of every Simpsons episode. And that's necessary for a sitcom. And I, I get that. But like Bill and Ted, like half the time, it just kind of ends and there is no resolution. It's just like, well, I guess they're back in the timeline they needed to be in. See you next week. <laughs> you can even see in this episode, not a lot happens. It's a very like quick and just it's just over and done with. Yeah, 100%. I will say real quick, too, on the since I did mention it a moment ago, my favorite part absolutely by far of the entire series I watched on YouTube is actually at the end of one of the episodes, they advertise for the uh, Thursday lineup, because this show, I want to say, uh, was coming on at, like, Tuesdays at the time, if I read correctly, but... Uh, this was back when The Simpsons was still on Thursday, and they were actually advertising for the special guest appearance of Danny DeVito on The Simpsons, which means that would have been uh, Homer's brother, Herb, who would have been either the Homer or the uh, the Resolution episode, essentially, after the crash of the Homer. Yeah, uh, I gotta say the Homer, uh, that's one of my, be- my uh, favorite episodes. Yeah, yeah, and it was just neat to kind of see, like, oh my god, this is them, like, advertising for that episode to appear for the very first time, and it's kind of like, oh, that's cool. Uh, so that was that was the highlight of Bill and Ted for me. <laughs> yeah, super off-topic, well, not super off-topic, but a little off-topic. I didn't realize until I was an adult that that was Danny DeVito. Oh, that's funny. I rewatched it maybe a year ago, and I, like, jumped up, and I was just like, I know that voice. Hold on a second. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the thing with The Simpsons, though, is, I mean, uh, especially, you know, early on, uh, celebrities, when it play themselves, they would just play characters. So, like, they were just doing voice acting at that point. Uh, So, really, yeah, as a child, I could definitely, I mean, as a kid, I really only knew Danny DeVito from uh, Batman Returns and uh, some army movie where he was, like, a teacher, and it, it wasn't even good. I can't even remember what it's called. Oh, um, that's the uh, second Batman movie he was in. Uh, Batman Returns, yeah, that was the second Batman movie he was in as the Penguin. Yeah, where he was an army, an army teacher. Of oh, some that sort. too. Got you. Yeah. Sorry, that <laughs> Batman Forever. I got you now. My bad. Yeah. My bad. I, I keep wanting to say Major Pain, but I know a hundred percent that's wrong because that's a Damon Wayans movie. But uh, eh, and it's also not in the army now because that's a Polly Shore movie. But it's another '90s movie based about a comedy of being in the army yeah um so this watching this show was much like enlisting in the army and that <laughs> i didn't want to do it um, but you were committed you were committed so once you signed up they had you exactly <laughs> um so we get a very like doctor who-esque opening with the phone booth traveling through a vortex i'm not sure if that was an intentional kind of nod or not it felt pretty on the nose now does that does that happen in any other episodes, or is it just this one with that kind of imagery? No, I mean, that that's actually from the opening, for the most part. It stays the same throughout the entire thing. The, the real big difference is, with one exception, 
So in the the pilot episode, the unaired episode that we're talking about, um, they actually end up traveling into a comic book, right? Because like it gets caught up in the in the phone booth, and that somehow makes them not only time travel but actually travel into a fictional world. And in the main series, that really doesn't happen. Like with with one exception, and that's where. At one point, they actually travel into the world of a soap opera. Um, it has to do with the character of Missy, which is uh, Bill's mom, who I actually have a fun fact about her later as well. But um, yeah, they, they this whole idea of them being able to travel into like pop culture, I actually thought was really interesting and opened up a lot of possibilities. And then as soon as they do the reset with like the official pilot that came on after this one, that was not a part two like it should have been. Um, they're just going back in time because they need to get a job at a hardware store and they accidentally... Uh, or no, no, that that is... Sorry, again, I, they all bled together, but they just go in, in back in time for, like, chronological purposes. Like, there's no, there's no pop culture or any sort of element like going into a movie or a video game or a, a comic book. They're just, like, time traveling. So I don't know if somebody, like, in the executives or the creative or whatever saw, like, they're like, Bill and Ted can't go into a comic book. That's absurd. <laughs> this show is about time traveling teenagers, and I'm going to keep it that way, damn it. Yeah, that that definitely sounds like a better idea than what we got, because watching this episode where they basically just go back to, to King Arthur and when he pulls the Excalibur from the stone... That's just kind of lackluster and them jumping into a comic book, jumping into a soap opera, stuff like that. I feel like it has more legs. There's more to explore. Well, even the second movie realized that like they had already kind of ran out of room, so to speak, with like just keeping it at time travel. Because in the second movie, they die and battle the Grim Reaper for their souls, essentially. And like, I mean, there's still the element of like the future needing to be saved by Bill and Ted so they can have their most excellent society and all that good stuff. But like the movie, if the movie realizes like, Oh yeah, we're, we're kind of out of room to keep time traveling. We should probably go a different direction. And then the show's like, Nope, let's double down on the time travel thing. Like it's just not going to work. No. And it did not work though. I will say it was kind of cool that the dude, uh, playing the like main knight in this episode is uh somebody that you've seen a lot like he's in a lot of movies he's in jay and uh jay and silent bob strike back connecting us to the view askew universe that we talked about last time and probably most noticeably or his the the role that i most know him for i should say personally was he plays the next door neighbor lawrence in office space the one that if you could have anything in the world what would it be Two chicks at the same time. <laughs> yep, Diedrich Bader plays uh, King Arthur. I just thought that was fun, because he's he's probably the biggest name that we're going to come across in this uh, in this series. Yeah, everybody else was kind of, like, under the radar. They didn't really do anything big. Uh, you know, in the first episode, uh, I did mention it, Missy, that's Bill's mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was played by a different actress in the unaired episode that we saw versus the the rest of the series. Uh, but in the rest of the series, she was actually played by the girl that plays Alice in... Uh, no, no, that's not right. Kristen in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Let me see if I can, can pull up her name real quick because I'm blanking on it. But uh, in, it's Lisa Wilcox. She plays Missy Preston in this one. 
Huh. And she plays the character of Kristen in Nightmare on Elm Street, both four and five, which I'm a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan. I actually ended up watching both four and five last night because of watching the series. <laughs> I, I think uh, four was the last one I saw. I didn't see five yet. I, I've been making my way through them. Oh, man, they're one of my favorites. But that's a that's a whole different podcast. I'm sure I'm sure somebody on our our, our network here uh, talks about Somebody in the podcasting world talks about horror movies, I'm sure of it. Oh, yeah. So, Bill and Ted, they are traveling through with the phone booth. They talk about how they spent their entire paychecks playing video games and getting milkshakes. But it's payday, so they're going to go pick up their paychecks. Uh, They go inside, and everybody's working real hard. They're making everything neat and clean. Their boss is freaking out, being a real stickler for the rules. He yells at them, saying, you're not supposed to be here. Do you, do you have any idea what day it is? Ted goes, yeah, it's Tuesday. Bill says, no, it's Monday. The boss says, no, it's Melville Day. Their boss, Melville, or their boss's boss, Melville, is going to come in and basically audit the store. Classic sitcom situation. Oh, yeah. We get a lot of classic sitcom situations in this. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, so... The boss says, I'm going to go get a haircut. You guys better not be here when I get back. A delivery guy comes in, knocks a bunch of shit over. (laughs) This guy is like, he just doesn't give a shit. He just says, hey, I need your John Hancock on this. Then they look at each other and go, who's John Hancock? (laughs) Right. It's like, you got a time machine, dudes. (laughs) Right. You could go learn about that if you wanted to. Literally, it's the only thing you're allowed to do, as we've discussed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So they go sign for it. Uh, They say, but it says here it's only supposed to be one thing of water sealant. No, it's one unit. That means a whole, like, however many cases. They decide, oh, well, we got to figure out what to do with this before the boss gets back. They build a castle. And (laughs) they say, wow, our nail world colleagues are totally impressed. And they're all just looking at him like their mouths agape, like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and uh, Ted makes a sign that says, protect your castle from water hassle. Which is actually really clever. I mean, you got to you got to give him a shout on that, like from a marketing standpoint, like that's a good little slogan. It is. And it, and it fits like the, the vibe of the character. Exactly. With these like kind of cheesy rhymes, this whole castle, it's definitely very much in their wheelhouse. The boss doesn't think so, though, because he comes back, starts yelling at him, saying, this isn't in the manual. What are you doing? And then immediately another classic like sitcom situation when the boss's boss shows up. Yep. Literally that second he shows up, he says, if Melville uh, Melville talks to you, just grunt. I'll tell him you don't speak English. (laughs) Melville comes in, sees the castle, goes, what is this? Who did this? Because I love it. Yeah. The emotional flip right there. I mean, you're really on the edge of your seat wondering how Bill and Ted are about to be punished. Yeah, you have the whole seat, but you only need the edge. <laughs> uh, the bo- Their boss takes credit for it. He goes out to call his wife in the phone booth, and he accidentally tra- time travels to England, 512 AD. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be... Uh... That's just going to be kind of a shocking experience for anyone. I mean, like with no explanation and no Rufus to like guide you along the way. 
Yeah, he thinks it's all a dream, too. Yeah, especially when, like, the beautiful princess starts, like, hitting on him, which, to be fair, it, like, kind of makes sense. Yeah, this guy is, like, the epitome of stereotypical nerd in the 90s. Yeah, a little overweight, little balding, thick glasses, short, not just, like, he looks like the type of guy who has peaked as manager of a department store. Yes, got the nasally <laughs> voice, uh, worships Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. <laughs> he goes back. And Arthur is sent to go pick something up because there's this competition to see who's going to try and pull out Excalibur. He decides, you know what? I'm just going to give this a shot. And he pulls out Excalibur on his own. That's when the boss shows up. Arthur hands him the sword and says, Camelot, hold this. He goes, Camelot, the musical? (laughs) Then everybody else arrives. They think he's the king because they think he pulled the sword from the stone. Bill and Ted go outside, recognize their phone booth is gone, and another phone booth shows up. Rufus comes out and explains to them, you got to find your boss because, you know, you got to rectify the timeline and make sure your boss doesn't take credit for your idea because he moves on, then you lose your jobs, then the future's all screwed. Then Bill and Ted won't be there to make the world excellent for everyone. Yeah, going back to the writing of this show... I feel like they got a bonus anytime they wrote excellent or bogus. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, and to be fair, like that's really the the main catchphrase from the movie. If you really, I mean, it's that Valley California Valley talk, like that you that was very very popular popular back then. So, like on one hand, it's like I get it. Like, how else do you really make Bill and Ted Bill and Ted? But Again, that's where you kind of start to learn, like, or at least, like, reflect on the movies and say, like, oh, okay, they exist in this little bubble, and you get to go and enjoy that slice and then move on from these characters, or in the second one when they're, they're again, battling for their souls. And there is a third one coming up I'm very excited about for, for what that's worth, but the, when you start to do it as a TV show, it's just like, okay, we have 20 two and a half minutes after commercials to tell a story involving teenagers and time travel and we can't do anything about like having to pass a test uh a history specifically i can't like have them go back and like learn about history so that they can pass tests i guess i guess we haven't like gotten there yet but we 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 will eventually talk about what they could have done i guess technically they could have like just every week it's like oh damn that you know, Bill and Ted had another test they didn't prepare for. I guess they're going to have to go on another wacky adventure. <laughs> but, like, it immediately you can almost, like, clearly tell, like, oh, this is going to run out of gas, like, really quickly. Yeah, even in the first episode, it feels like it's already starting to run out of gas. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the the pop culture narrative that they had in the unaired episode, again, I, I felt like that was something where it's like, okay, I'm I'm, like, interested enough to come back for this and then almost immediately when you start like what actually came out uh it's just like oh oh are we gonna be doing these types of stories every week that's not gonna be good yeah (laughs) so uh we're gonna blow through the rest of this episode because not a lot really happens so they go back in time to find their boss they run into arthur arthur's all pissed off because he lost Excalibur to their boss and their boss took credit for it they go oh that's bogus he took credit for our work too 
<laughs> he says, oh, yeah, also I'm going to cut his heart out. Right, that's the, that's the difference between Camelot, or I'm sorry, King Arthur and Bill and Ted, is uh, Bill and Ted have no intention of, like, removing any of their boss's vital organs. No, not a single one of them. <laughs> they try and sneak in to get to their boss. They're in a hay bale, and a guard starts stabbing through the hay bale just to be sure. And right before they get stabbed, Arthur is getting arrested, makes a scene. They bring him to the brig, or dungeon, I guess, unless it's on a boat, it's not called a brig. Yeah, I don't know, maybe it was a floating castle. It could have been, that would have been they interesting. Are, they are fucking around with the timeline, they could, have, they could have made all sorts of new things happen. This could have been part of Crisis on Infinite Earths, for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to start raining donuts at any moment. Yep. <laughs> they end up still sneaking in. The boss is playing chess while he waits for his new queen to be blessed so he can have a son. Uh, this is after he meets with the round table and they're discussing if they should go to war or not. But Bill and Ted show up just as she is prepared to bear a son. And he basically says, oh, God, you guys are here. This anxiety dream just keeps getting worse. He basically calls the guards on him instead of uh, wasting his time talking to them because he wants to get down to his business. And he's like, he's actually getting mad at like basically Bill and Ted are block uh, and like the guards are like cock blocking him at this point. It doesn't help that they bring up the fact that he is a married man. Right. And he's but again, keep in mind that he thinks that this is all a dream. So like he like when he's like it's pointed out like he's a married man. He's like, I know I want to finish before I wake up. Like, (laughs) yeah. uh, So they get brought to the, the dungeon and then the queen sneaks down to the dungeon before the boss is able to get down to business. Bow chicka bow wow. Yes. Uh, I wish that sound effect was used in everything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A guard is killed, and while he's dealing with that, she sneaks away, tells another guard to bring her to the dungeon. She gets to the dungeon. She tells the guard, okay, well, go kill yourself now because you betrayed the king. He walks away. (laughs) (laughs) Presumably to go do the duty. Yeah. A very noble man. Gotta say. (laughs) Uh, So she smooches on Arthur. Because she says she feels something for him from the moment she saw him. She unlocks him. And she says, okay, now you got to go just kind of chill out until the king dies. He's going to go fight Belisario. Bill and Ted say, no, we got to stop him. Arthur agrees. They go over, meet up with uh, this whole army. Uh, They hand the boss the sword. And he goes, oh, well, you know. I'm more of a lover, not a fighter. Tries to pass it off. Everybody backs away like, oh, fuck, no, I'm not dealing with this. The boss faints in battle, and Arthur steps in, continues the fight, and spares Belisario. They bring Arth- uh, they bring the boss back to the time machine. Ted sa- or no, Bill says, you think he'll remember that I called him a tool weasel? <laughs> the most important part of this entire arc. Exactly. Not the fact that uh, he could remember the fact that he was time traveling just this one little detail yeah yeah i mean time traveling isn't gonna get him fired calling your boss a tool bag or whatever it was might they bring him back to right when melville shows up to admire the water sealant castle uh they splash water on him to wake him up he wakes up they splash another cup of water on him 
just because. Just because. I, I mean, mean, to be fair, he could have used, like, water seal it and avoided that whole situation or that hassle, if you will. And then they could have used that as their marketing strategy. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Melville comes in. The whole scene plays out again. Except this time, the boss doesn't take credit. He gives credit to Bill and Ted. Melville says, you know, this proves one thing about you that I already knew. You're an idiot. <laughs> they go and console their boss. And they go, that was righteous, man. He says, don't touch me. They do their whole diddly 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 dee. Air guitars, it, yeah. Yep, it uh, freeze frame ends, and that is it. And that is Bill and Ted. And that that ending is very much like what I was talking about. Like the whole series, just it's just like really out of the blue. All of a sudden, everything's like, I guess it's fine. I mean, like there's a lot of things that people are probably going to have questions about, but fuck those questions. We're moving on. Uh, air guitar, and then freeze frame. Like, that's like every episode. Just wraps it up in a nice tight little bow right at the end. <laughs> well, barely a bow. More of like, it's like when you're teaching a kid to tie their shoes. Like, that that's how it gets tied up. <laughs> I was about to say, they're doing the bunny ears song, trying to. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a quick little break and we'll be right back with some pitches. Hello, I am Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. And we are the hosts of Journey Under 30. This is a podcast all about us doing what we can to be named in a future Forbes 30 Under 30. On each episode, we take a look at a career of an individual that has been recognized by Forbes. Sometimes we look at careers that we think were overlooked. Or sometimes we talk about the careers that you may not know about, but you should. And in the end, we discuss what we've learned as well as how we can apply to our own career paths as we make our mark in this world. So join us every other Tuesday on whatever podcatching app you choose, and we'll see you on the Forbes. See ya. Bye-bye now. <laughs> so, Miles, had this show continued, what kind of episodes do you think we would have seen? Oh, man, dude. So, this as is, like, had it continued, I mean, they, they were really on a very short rope. I mean, they are going to run out of historical figures that were interesting in my mind pretty quickly um the only i i I mean that's literally it think of historical figures that like are you know not controversial at all because it's got to be on network television uh maybe some athletes they could have gone to maybe a few more musicians (laughs) like but uh, essentially they really kind of like the the not that the the network tied whenever they changed it away from the pop culture thing was very much a noose because like there's only so much you can see dudes time traveling through history to you know either learn something important for the future or handle some issue so that they become as important as they are in the future like as is honestly this episode or i'm sorry as is the series was kind of as long as it possibly could be in my mind if we're talking about like other ways it could have gone, then I actually feel like they missed a lot of opportunity, both in other unexplored ideas and uh, also just like if they would have continued on with their original idea. The The idea of moving in and out of pop culture is really, really cool to me. And I even kind of like if they would have even became self-aware that that happened, like in episode one, it's uh, the unaired pilot was the noir comic book. And they actually end up going back into a world of black and white where they're, you know, black and white characters now. 
uh, in this black and white world, and they have to rescue this damsel in distress from a mobster. Uh, they accidentally bring her back into the like real world, and that episode ends where Missy and this noir girl, who is way too pale, according to Missy, are like <laughs> sunbathing together. Uh, and then when Bill and Ted realize like her missing is causing that world to be in danger, then they can't find her, and it says to be continued. So like that, you basically got this character out of place, a fish out of water type of character story where. You've got this noir comic book character in modern day San Dimas and Bill and Ted have to go and hunt her down. That could have been really cool. Like that, that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Especially like if you don't narrow it down to just like this serialized thing, if they, no, it can be anything at that point. Exactly. You can make multi-part episodes. You could be like, Oh, this week and next week they're going into uh, a sitcom or Next week, they're going to a musical. A hundred percent. Yeah. And like, you know, even in a really meta move, they could have gone into their own animated series, which, man, think about it. When you first reached out to me, I could have easily said, yeah, let's talk about the animated series and how much more fun would we be having than the live action. But uh, (laughs) uh, Because that show is good. I watched that one as a kid. But uh, I mean, they could have gone into their own animated series. That would have been trippy as hell and a lot of fun. They could have gone into other net, like they're on Fox. They could have gone into The Simpsons. They could have gone into Married with Children. They could have had uh, like unlimited possibilities for these crossover adventures that they might have been able to to you know get the property rights to do. Um, or even if it just became a thing where they kind of acknowledge like, oh hey Ted. This uh, comic book made us go into a comic book. I wonder what would happen if we put our Nintendo cartridge in here. And, like, it was almost like they were self-aware and choosing to go into these adventures. Like, oh, man, I love these movies. It would be so much fun. And then they realized, like, oh, you know, horror movies are only fun when you're watching them, not when you're being hunted by them. Yeah, I like that idea. Like, maybe they're like, oh, Bill, you know what we could do this week? We could go into my favorite movie. And he's holding up, like, E.T. or something. And then Ted goes, yeah, I was totally thinking that. And he, like, hides a Playboy. Yeah. He just kind of, like, slips it away. Yeah, there you go. And I actually had an idea while we were talking. Uh, it just hit me while we were talking about that knight that, or the guard uh, that essentially walked off screen to go and kill himself. Like, that could have been another completely different way that they could have gone about this series where it may have protected Bill and Ted from getting too thinned out and watered watered down essentially what if other characters like starting with this character that knight walks off screen and instead of killing himself he discovers this phone booth and he now travels to an out-of-place world and suddenly you could have this series being almost like quantum leap-esque where bill and ted are playing like the rufus or the uh, sam character from quantum leap where they're kind of like trying to help fix the timeline without actually physically being there. So we could cut to Bill and Ted doing their antics uh, or have them traveling, trying to like, you know, help find these people or meeting up with Rufus in the future being that like auxiliary uh, force. And the, every episode would essentially have a different main character as the, whoever it was time traveled would once again, like up, oh, we, we messed it up again. And it's like as you're trying to untie the knot, they just keep making it worse so that uh, they have more problems to resolve. Yeah, I do like that idea that like maybe each week instead of getting 
just like, oh, they went to a new time period. It's, oh, now we brought this other time period person into this different time period by accident. Now we have a, a caveman in, you know, 1980s America, or we've got a uh, coked out 1980s businessman in, like, the future. And we could actually see, like, the the excellent future, uh, like, a cool thing that they could do with that is, like, as this is occurring, we keep flashing to the most excellent version of the future, and it's not as most excellent as it's supposed to be. Like, they keep having whatever issues, like, their air guitars aren't working, or their sunglasses never got invented, so they don't look cool. Um, you know, <laughs> shit, like, shit like that, like, where we could see as Bill and Ted are trying to you know, fix the past, they have kind of a barometer, so to speak, because they can see the future and they're like, oh no, Bill, this is most bodaciously not excellent. Not excellent. <laughs> Almost like how Marty McFly has the picture of him and his siblings to kind of measure. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And that could be fun to do like for like a mid-season finale, like they're like tapping on like a watch or something, trying to look into the most excellent future to make sure it's still excellent. But the watch isn't working anymore. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, lots of fun stuff that you could do with that. And again, that I think would protect the Bill and Ted characters a little bit in that it's still very much their show and they're, you know, right there on the cover and can be used for promotional purposes. But so that we don't get bored of them, you know, air guitaring and saying, oh, uh, constantly, it could be a lot of focus on who they're trying to help. Now, with Halloween coming up, and that little fun tidbit you dropped about uh, Bill's mother, I think there's prime opportunity for a Nightmare on Elm Street kind of crossover type thing. That would be amazing. They just dive into Nightmare on Elm Street by accident. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they run into the Kristen character, and they have that Missy and Kristen like, having interactions with each other. That would be hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> like... He runs up, thinks it's a, uh, his mom. She's like, no, 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 that's that's the other one. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, uh, Bill, uh, Ted starts saying all the things about how hot Missy is, except about Kristen, and Kristen just slaps him and walks off screen or whatever, like, you know. <laughs> and then we could have Rufus uh, just watching the movie, and he's just eating popcorn thinking, you know, this movie doesn't, I don't remember it being like this. Something seems <laughs> yeah. a little off here. <laughs> yeah. Did I get the unrated cut? <laughs> I also feel like there'd be a perfect tag on that episode where it would just be like Bill and Ted and Freddie uh, playing music together. Because like in the, the late 80s, early 90s, Freddie was actually becoming like so much of an icon that he was featured in like several music videos. And he was a, a VJ for a little while on MTV, believe it or not. <laughs> so like I could see like, you know, uh Freddie playing drums or singing or playing bass with the, those two playing their guitar solos and them making a corny joke about how, like, you know, Freddie holds up his claw and is like, oh, man, we're so metal. See, I was going to go with shredding for that. Nice, yeah. <laughs> Yours is better. I, I agree. Uh, yeah, that's how they resolve the whole thing. They just uh, have a jam session. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that would be perfect tone-wise for that type of show. And, I mean... That sounds so corny, and it is, but frankly, that would have fit the kind of boom that was happening for all of these characters in the 90s. I mean, like, if, if a character gets big enough, they're, they're, if you look back on a lot of the uh, products from both, like, things like Disney and, and now Disney's The Simpsons, 
Uh, like a lot of that <laughs> stuff is very, very corny in retrospect, but it was, I mean, you, nobody thought that at the time. Yeah, no, not even the Simpsons. I mean, think back to, <laughs> oh, I'm the mascot of an evil corporation. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think the best way for this show to end would be a very self-referential thing where they, maybe they jump into a different universe and they meet Keanu Reeves and uh, yes. Alex Winter. Yes. And they realize that their universe in a separate universe was just a TV show. See, I had the thought earlier when I was saying jumping around from pop culture, I was like, I I'd mentioned they could jump into their own cartoon. I also was thinking, like, maybe they could even jump into their own movie. But then I was like, with this show's budget, they're not even going to be able to get Alex Winter, let alone Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> not even. <laughs> not even. Uh, they wouldn't even be, be able to afford to dig up George Carlin's corpse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> corpse excavation is pretty expensive. It is. And then they got to get the wires and weekend at Bernie's him. It's just not worth it. It's a lot. That's a lot to deal with. <laughs> but yeah, maybe we get like a scene where uh, Keanu interacts with Ted and goes like, whoa, they both say whoa. it at the same time. <laughs> whoa. Yeah, that, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I agree that like the way that we've been talking about this, like it, it's going to get zanier and zanier by. I mean, that's just going to be how it has to happen. But the alternate option of what they and, and what they sadly ended up going with, I, I mean, like they can kind of go a little zany, like the the Elvis one I talked about, where they go back in time. Uh, it's actually their boss is a uh, turns out he's an Elvis fanatic and he's entering a um, Elvis lookalike contest, and Bill and Ted don't even know who Elvis is, so they have to like go back and and learn about him, and they end up he he enters a Elvis impersonation. Uh, contest and then ends up losing which like shatters his self-confidence because <laughs> uh, this is before he made it big like that's when they went back in time it was before he was like the king uh, but yeah like that's kind of fun in its own regard I guess but you can only do that with so many celebrities or historical figures before you're really going to start being very very derivative of yourself I mean uh if, if you pick any other musician, I mean, how many other stories can you really tell about a famous, iconic musician like that where you're not going to be essentially telling the same story as you did with your Elvis episode? Even if there's not a lookalike contest, I mean, the main arc is going to be about the same. Right. You can get goes back for sports, uh, sports star, goes back for musician, goes back for a president, goes back for it, it all ends up being the same. Yeah, I, I guess, like, especially with the way they wrap it up, like, with no consequences, because, like, now, you could argue that it would be very interesting if, like, it was not so uh, episodic and, like, actually, like, did carry on a, a, or, I'm sorry, it was more episodic, where it would actually carry on a storyline throughout the season and not do these quick resolves every week, but, like, you mentioned politician. I didn't think about that idea, but what if they did? Uh, they did somehow make a major change in pre presidential history. Like they, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. They, I, they wouldn't touch the JFK thing with a ten foot pole, so they wouldn't go that way. Maybe something with Reagan, or I don't know. They go back in time. They change the outcome of a presidential election, and then when they get back to their their home time, that's now a, a consequence that they have to live with in real time and like maybe the story as they're so that it doesn't get washed out 
these little mini stories of these celebrity encounters or historical figure encounters are actually making bigger changes in their world. And since Bill and Ted are kind of airheads, they don't really pick up on it. Like it takes them a lot. Like it has to like literally be hitting them over the head before there's any idea at all on their part. Like, oh man, we're making things change around here. Um, but that would, at some point, you'd have to change the focus of the show entirely to them resolving it once again. So staying on the path they chose, I just don't see a good way to sustain that show. Yeah, no, I think the the way to do it is both the pop culture thing and keeping it not necessarily episodic and creating an overarching narrative. Like maybe the very end of this would be like... Uh, all the evil people that they encountered with, they found their way into the time machine and they're fucking up the future. So Bill and Ted have to go back and get all the good people they dealt with throughout the whole series and have this kind of like all out brawl. And yeah, I'm pretty sure you just uh, made a pitch for Marvel Civil War. But yeah, I'm on board. I like that movie. <laughs> yeah, Bill and Ted Civil War. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you didn't let me get to the best part where they had to all register as superheroes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're registered time travelers. And some of Bill's like, no, man, we should be able to time travel freely because we're helping. And Ted's like, bro, you don't understand the impact that we're putting on this world. They need to be held accountable by somebody. But Bill, you don't understand. I have the higher ground. Now we got Star Wars into the mix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the, they did actually rip off another very going, going kind of a different direction, but there was another episode they did that was supposed to be based on a wonderful life where Bill and Ted end up getting into a fight with each other and uh, separating ways. And then when they go into the future, uh, Bill is actually like a successful businessman. He ends up actually taking over the hardware store and Ted becomes an undercover police officer uh, who is determined to bust Bill for corrupt business practices. Oh my god, that sounds so good, though. <laughs> it's not, though. That's the thing, dude, is it's not good. Like, it's not good at all. Uh, there's a YouTuber I'm a, I'm a big fan of by the name of Minty. I don't know if you've ever watched his stuff, but he does uh, retro reviews of uh, movies, and it's usually like 10 things you didn't know about type of things. Well, mm -hmm. uh, this isn't much older. One of his videos, like, uh, like any podcast or YouTuber, I would recommend, like, if you're going to check somebody out, check out some of their old stuff and some of their new stuff. Cause a lot of times, uh, we grow a lot. If you listen to early episodes of my podcast, they're trash compared to like what, like the garbage files I put out now are. Um, <laughs> but, uh, in this specific, uh, YouTuber Minty, this is a much, much older video, but he actually reviews, the It's a Wonderful Life episode of Bill and Ted. And, like, it's just so boring. Like, they, they had so many interesting ideas, and they just made it so boring. Like, they they had... That was actually a time where it's like, oh, wow, this is something different, at least. But other than it being slightly different than the regular format of an episode, it was still just the same boring crap. That's disappointing. Yeah, it really was. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, thanks again for coming on, Miles. And if people want to find you in your show, how would they do so? 
Oh, yeah. First, thank you so much for having me. I love being a part of this, Ed. I think you got a great podcast here, and I'm a big fan. Love listening and love chatting with you about these types of things. So uh, hit me up anytime to come back down the road. If you want to follow me online, you can find me at Mr. Most Days Off. And if you're a fan of The Simpsons and want to go on a journey of reviews episode by episode, you can check out the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. That's D-I-D-D-L-Y. You can find that at Best Darn Diddly or at bestdarndiddly.com. Yeah, you guys are chugging along with that. Like, We're in season eight, bro. We're at like the tail end of season eight, so we'll be starting up season nine here shortly. It's it's kind of crazy, honestly. We just hit our three-year anniversary. Yeah, it's definitely definitely good to check out, uh, especially if you're a Simpsons fan. Uh, it's definitely fun to go back and hear about all these episodes that you might not have uh, seen in a long time. Well, I'm generally now curious to know if we have any non-Simpsons fan listeners. Like, that that would be trippy to me, but interesting. That would be... I heard <laughs> about this podcast about a show I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so definitely check out that. And if you want to find us on social media, we're at Unair Podcast on pretty much everything. And uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on, Miles. Oh, thank you for having me, brother. And just remember, some things are better left unaired. Bye. Bye.